1: Good morning, I'm Ann Romer and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. All eyes will be on Woodbine Mohawk Park tonight as it hosts the 40th edition of the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup. And trainer Nancy Tachter has two starters in the final, Christchurch and Save America. Nancy is the proud daughter of triple Hall of Fame trainer Jimmy Tachter. And along with Nancy's mom, Christina, they both were part of the Swedish migration to America into harness racing in the 1980s. Nancy, a multiple stakes winning trainer with close to 650 career victories, will try to win her third North America Cup at Woodbine Mohawk Park, having captured the classic race in 2019 with Captain Crunch and in 2020 with Tall Dark Stranger. Winning trainer Nancy Tactor is our guest and we couldn't be more excited. Still with all things Woodbine, Tony Elliott, marketing manager, racing and wagering for Woodbine Entertainment, will join us here on Ponies Today. He will bring us up to speed on racing at both Woodbine properties, offer his view of tonight's $1 million Pepsi North America Cup, as well as insights into what's going on at the Woodbine Thoroughbred meet this weekend as we edge ever closer to the biggie, the King's Plate, August 20th. Now that the Triple Crown races are history, we are in the midst of preparing for a thrilling summer of thoroughbred stakes action around North American tracks, including at Woodbine. Robert Geller, Woodbine's famed and fabulous track announcer, joins us today. He is one of the best thoroughbred race callers in the industry. He's also a seasoned and successful handicapper. In fact, you may recall when he was last on the show, he gave us a big heads up about Mage, who won the Kentucky Derby. Today, Robert will look back at the Triple Crown races, look forward to this summer's three-year-old thoroughbred division, and break down a couple of the races happening today. And finally, he's back. My co-host, Larry Simpson, will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new feature called, in case you missed it, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news.
0: Ponies 24/7. The- Radio Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 1059, The Region.
2: Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy to use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my amazing co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news. Larry Simpson, where were you last Tuesday?
4: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Where was I? (laughs) Actually, I was at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park for the official draw for the uh, $1 million Pepsi North America Cup uh, final, which is uh, tonight.
1: what happens at a draw?
4: Well, basically, because there was four eliminations, and they you can only start ten horses in the North America Cup, so they uh, uh, the four eliminations they had the four elimination winners and the second place uh, horses, and then the two the third place ones they had to draw for So you ended up with uh, probably ten horses plus one extra as an also eligible in case there's a scratch, and then they uh, they draw the the post positions and. Uh, uh, basically, that's the the numbers that they they're, they're going to race under. So and,
1: and do they literally put their hand into something and draw the names out?
4: Yeah, they they pull a pull a card out with the horse's name, and then they'll pull like a know, like a P out, which will have the, the post position number on it. So. In today's
1: world of high tech, <laughs> we've got something that's really low key, yeah, which is yeah. great. No, I mean, it's
4: they've history. done that for years. And, tradition. And, and it's, yeah, it's tradition, and uh, they allowed the uh, the first. Uh, the, the 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 four winners to uh, to draw for basically the top post positions uh, like they 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 had a separate draw, and they had basically posts, uh six five three and four I believe that they they drew where all the others uh, you know what was left the one and obviously nine and ten because they're not the top post positions that what was left for the other uh, horses
1: and does a post position make a big difference?
4: It does at Mohawk because. Um, you know, it's interesting because what it is is like the post position one, um, the, the starting gate kind of is on an angle a little bit. So the, the number one horse is kind of pushed back a little bit. Back in the day on a 5 eighths mile track, the post position one was great. The horse would go right to the front and go wire to wire. But here, because of the, the, it's kind of on an angle, they're getting uh, you know, a bit of a disadvantage. Likewise, post nine and 10 can be a disadvantage. You don't have a horse that can leave the gate. Um, you're going to be buried at the back, and hopefully you get into the race flow and, and close in the stretch. So, yeah, post positions mean mean an awful lot, especially at the start and apparently at the finish, too. So,
1: A lot of excitement surrounding the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. That's In Case You Missed It, here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Thanks, Larry. We are so pleased to be joined today by standard bread trainer Nancy Tactor, who tonight will start two pacers in the 40th running of the $1 billion Pepsi North America Cup. Christchurch and Save America. Remember those names. Nancy, whose stable has surpassed over $4 million in earnings in each of the last four seasons, has nearly 650 career victories and certainly hopes to add another major stakes win in tonight's Classic Pepsi North America Cup. Nancy, welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have you here today. Thank you
5: so much for having me.
4: Well, let's uh, get right into it, Nancy. Let's, let's talk about your two horses, uh, Christchurch and Save America. Uh, they're both qualified, obviously, for the final tonight. Uh, talk about them.
5: Um, I'm super happy with how they're both coming into the race tonight. Um, I was up in uh, Ontario and trained both of them on Wednesday and was very pleased with how they came out of their eliminations. And, um, you know, they actually both seem like they kind of took a step forward from the race last week. So hopefully that's the case on uh, tonight. But, um, you know, very happy with both of them, happy with their performances last week. Um, and they kind of did what I kind of expected them to do.
1: You know, it's interesting. You are traveling up to our area in time for the race tonight, so it means that you've been away from Christchurch and from um, uh, from Save America for a couple of days. Is that part of your training methodology?
5: Um, well, you know, I I run a barn of, you know, 55 horses, so I have to kind of travel around. So, um, it's actually been a really busy week. I was in Oak Grove, Kentucky on Tuesday racing. And then I flew from there to Ontario to train those two or the horses that are racing tonight, um, at Mohawk. And then I flew from there actually to Boston because my daughter is starting college in the fall and she had her college orientation among all this. And then Friday morning, I was in um, New Jersey training the horses. So, you know, as much as I would have wanted to probably be with the horses all the time, you know, they were off on Thursday. So, mm-hmm. you know, and just a light jog on Friday morning. So it's not really a big deal. Um, you know, I have very capable staff up there. So,
1: so what do you but, do you in know, your spare time?
5: A OCD and control. What, what do I do in my spare what are time? What do you do in
4: your spare time? Yeah.
5: <laughs> I, uh, I don't have much spare time at this time of the year, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I do try to spend some time with my kids when I do have spare time and, you know, hang out with my friends a little bit and, you know, catch up on sleep is probably the biggest thing <laughs> that I try to do this time of year.
1: You come from a family of, of, of horse trainers, your father in particular, and I now know that you have a daughter, uh, maybe following in your, your footsteps. Let's talk about the Tactor dynasty.
5: Um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I always say to people, you know, I actually didn't end up going to college. But I went to work for my dad, which is probably like getting a Ph.D. in horse racing. So <laughs> in some sense, I got, you know, probably the best education that anybody could get trying to go into this field. Um you know, my grandfather was a very, very successful trainer in Europe, and my dad is a Hall of Famer in three countries. He's the uh, only non or non-Canadian that uh, that's in actually the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame. So I think that speaks a lot. And um, you know, it's just it's been great. You know, I grew up around the horses, and you know, I was my dad's shadow growing up as a kid. So I tried to learn as much as I could. Um, as far as the future of the dynasty, I don't know. I have a son and a daughter. My daughter studying aerospace engineering, so I don't think she's going to go into the horse field. And my son's only 15, so we'll have to see what he decides to do with his life
1: in a few years. That's very cool.
4: Yeah. Well, getting back to your dad, he won a couple of races, I know. But, <laughs> 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 uh, but I, I, I did read something that uh, he was still training when you started to train, and he hated losing to you. Is that true?
5: Um, yeah, you know, we're a very competitive family. I, I always used to think to myself, I know he wants me to do well as long as I don't beat him. If he wasn't in the race, of course he wanted me to win. But, you know, he was very competitive in his own right, which, you know, he's running his stable and his business. So, of course, you know, for his clients and his horses, he wants to win more more than having to see me win. But Um, it's been it's been nice since he's been retired because now I don't have to compete against him at least.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's been his best advice and your grandfather as well?
5: Um, you know what? My dad's best advice I would have to say is just um not be afraid to try something new. You know, you can't like if something's not working just because you've done that in the past and it worked, if it's not working now you can't be afraid to change, you know, your training system, a piece of equipment on a horse or you know, whatever, like even Christchurch going into the elimination, I completely changed his shoeing and changed his, um, his bits that he had been wearing, uh, you know, in the, in the race that he raced at the Meadowlands and the qualifiers at the Meadowlands. So, you know, it was a little bit of a gamble, but I wasn't perfectly happy with him the way he was steering going into the race. So there had to be a change in order to um, make sure that he was going to perform the best. And I think, you know, just, Being around him and him always having the confidence to change has been a really blessing for me.
4: And you were hanging around with your dad, working with him. Uh, Did you pick up any of his training techniques that, uh, you know, he would like, you you were talking about chewing, and and that, was there things that your dad did that he kind of drilled into you and now you do the same with your Uh horses?
5: Um, yeah, I'm going to say yes with that. Um, I actually train my stable now on our family farm where he used to train all his horses. Um, my parents own the training center. So now, you know, I, I'm here with training. And um, that's been a huge plus for me because, you know, he kind of had a system that worked on this farm that was set up. Um, Well, you know, we have a straight sand straight track where we can put a lot of, you know, slow, heavy work into the horses, you know, kind of build their stamina and their endurance. Um, We have a jog track and we have a really good, you know, uh, more conventional racetrack too. But, you know, he really put a lot of work into his horses, not necessarily a lot of speed work, but a lot of foundational work. And I think that's like the number one thing that I've carried on from him is just making sure they have a really, really good base. It's like when you build a house. You want to make sure you have a really good, you know, foundation or a basement to put your house on top of. So, um, you know, that's probably the biggest part. Then, you know, the sport continuously changes and the horses continuously change. And just in the four years since he's been retired, there's been this evolution in these horses, how fast they're going. You know, two-year-olds are going crazy speeds, you know, now. So, um, obviously, I had to tweak, you know, some of the things and kind of make it more quote-unquote modern, even though it's only been like, you know, a short amount of time since he did retire.
1: Before we get a little bit more in depth about tonight's race, can we talk, you mentioned just a few moments ago that you have a stable of over 50 horses. I think you said 55. Why so big? How do you stay on top of it? How important is it that you have a strong team underneath you?
5: Oh, the team is, you know, you're only as strong as your your team and your weakest link. So, um, obviously, I have a you know been able to assemble a really good um you know staff underneath of me you know assistant trainers and you know caretakers and you know i have a really good farrier and all that kind of stuff so that's been obviously probably the most important part is just building a team and you know when i'm gone racing and everything i'm confident in that everything on the farm or wherever the horses happen to be is being done the way i would want it to be done so that's important um as far as, like, the numbers, I think 55 is kind of like a standard number of horses for, you know, people that are kind of in my position. Um, you know, you need, I only train young horses. I don't have really any overnight horses or condition horses, as we call them. Um, all the horses that I train are, are are either stakes horses or potential stakes horses in the future. So, You need a little bit of numbers, you know, with your yearlings coming in because, you know, you don't know how they're going to be. So obviously you need a little numbers, so percentage-wise, you know, something ends up being okay. (laughs) But um, like I said, the team is the most important part around me.
4: Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, North America Cup. You're no stranger to North America Cup. You've won it twice, right? Yep. Yeah, with uh, Captain Crunch and Tall Dark Stranger. Now you have... Christchurch and Save America tonight, is there any similarities between Christchurch and Save America and Captain Crunch and Tall Derek Stranger?
5: Um, I'm going to say not really. I mean, Captain Crunch and Save America are both by Captain Treacherous. I think that's the biggest similarity about, (laughs) you know, amongst all four of the horses. But, um, you know, Captain Crunch, uh, he was a great horse. I think people kind of forget how great of a racehorse he really was on the racetrack. Um, He won, obviously, my first North American Cup in 2019, which was ton of fun. My my dad, actually, with all the races that he's won, he's never won a North American Cup, so I always kind of jab at him a little bit, you know, (laughs) how many North American Cups have you won? But my parents did own a piece in Captain Crunch, so that was extra special, you know, that they were in on the ownership on him, and he got to win, and then... Uh, With Tall Dark Stranger, it was just the craziest year ever because it was 2020 COVID. So I actually didn't even get to go to Canada and watch him win the North American Cup. I actually watched it on TV screen Mm -hmm. and it was the most awful thing in the entire world because I was so nervous, which I usually don't really get nervous at the races, but I had no control and had to completely um, depend on my staff that was up there and You know, Yannick Jinger did a great job. I have to give him a lot of credit with um, Tall Dark Stranger because he really, you know, he went up there and did the quarantine and everything to ensure that he would be able to drive the horse in the race. So um, the two previous North American Cups were... You know, a little bit maybe more stressful than what this one is going into, just because old Captain Crunch, first of all, he ran an elimination, made a break, and we didn't really know why, and he just made the finals. I had to make some changes with him, and then, you know, Stranger with 2020 being an interesting year. This year, it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, You know, I'm confident in my horses, but having said that, I probably think it's the best assembled group of horses going behind the gate in the North American Cup ever tonight.
1: That's what we have heard. And so let's talk about your last minute work tonight, just before the race with Christchurch and Save America. What will you do? What won't you do in order to have the horses prepped and ready?
5: Well, I'll warm, you know, I'm going to warm them both up myself. Um, I like to, they both warm up a little differently. So it's, you know, they have like a tailored warm up to them, not to stress them out. Make sure that they're, you know, comfortable and no last minute equipment changes need to be made, which I don't anticipate there needs to be because, like I said, they did train so well this week. Um, you know, just make sure that all the equipment's put on right. You know, that every, we don't want to have any um, equipment malfunctions because that would, not be a good thing going for a million dollars, um, you know, and just making sure that, you know, everybody's calm, relaxed, you know, the horses don't wash out after they warm up, that they kind of, you know, catch their breath, have a drink of water, you know, empty out, do all of this stuff that they need to do and just kind of, you know, chill and let them be alone. I think like you can't hover over them because they can feed off of our energy, I think a lot. So if we like, if you know people, are, uh, there's a lot of people around them, and people are nervous or stressed out. I, you know, I don't want that to to play off onto the horses.
4: Well, Nancy, we have to thank you for coming on. Good luck tonight in the North America Cup, and I'm actually cheering for a dead heat between Christchurch and Save America. How's that sound?
5: I that would be absolutely amazing because then I would keep my undefeated streak alive. <laughs> <for the> American <laughs> Cup final, but. Uh, <laughs> But you know what? If they both perform up to there, um, you know, my job is to make sure that there is close to 100 percent is perfect going into the race. And I think we're really, really close to 100 percent. So I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating a
1: good effort on both their parts. You seem very calm about tonight. I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're terrific. Nancy Tactor, thank you so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7. Thank you for having me. When we come back, more on tonight's North America Cup with marketing manager, racing and wagering, Tony Elliott, Woodbine. That's coming up next on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back.
6: Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry. And they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905 851 2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice.
0: one vision this is 105.9 the region ponies 24 7 the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Woodbine's Tony Elliott joins us today. And with both Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park now in the midst of their summer racing season, lots to talk about. The highlight, by the way, tonight's Pepsi North America Cup. Tony's going to bring us up to speed when it comes to the pomp and ceremony at Woodbine Mohawk Park this evening. The wagering schedule as well as the supporting stakes schedule also, Tony will talk about the current Woodbine Thoroughbred meet and perhaps update us on the upcoming King's Plate. We all want to know about that. Tony, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you with us.
8: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. It's a, it's always a pleasure.
4: Well, let's get right into it, Tony. Uh, tonight is obviously a big night. This is North America Cup and uh, several other stakes races. Uh, talk about it.
8: Well, obviously, it's the kind of the pinnacle of the racing calendar at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So obviously, we're we're super excited, and I think the fans are too. And uh, I think this year's edition, and you've heard from lots of experts, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but uh, lots of people say this is, might be one of the deepest fields we've ever had for the, the Pepsi North American Cup. So uh, I, I think everyone's very excited, and, and there's lots going on that night, like you mentioned, with, with the wagering offering and then everything going on on track is, uh, is, quite, is quite spectacular, to say the least.
1: And can you expand on the depth of field this year?
8: Oh, well, I think it's as wide open as it gets. Like I think the with four eliminations, there was 33 entries, and the four eliminations for the first time since 2009. So we got a kind of a taste of how how things were going to shake up last week with the four eliminations, and and I they were well earned winners to to secure a spot and uh, to get had to finish in the top two, and then obviously two additional third place third place finishers had to sweat out to get in. But uh, to earn those top two spots, they were they were well earned. And like I said, so I mean every every elimination went faster than 149. Uh, which is is spectacular to say the least and, and all four of those winners um, are are obviously gonna be uh, favorites for the for the final and then obviously Vuka Falas who uh, unfortunately made a biscuit going in the first turn last week in eliminations. Uh, he he likely is, is just as good as any of those four elimination winners and he he did a came back a huge mile to just even make the final so i mean he he's likely uh, my uh, pick going into the the race but uh, i mean there's there's every every horse in the race has a shot and that, and i and that's not just kind of trying to hype it up.
4: Well, we had uh, Mark McKelvey on last week talking about North America Cup night and that and i guess maybe just to reiterate for our listeners and that talk about you know, what's happening, what time the gates open and there is an admission, but I know that there's kind of like a a betting card that they're going to get in as, you know, when they go in there and pay their admission. So it's kind of a, a write-off there. Uh, yeah. Talk about, uh, you know, because it's COVID's in the rear view mirror now, right? So this is the first time in, in a few years it's like, uh, you know, doors wide open, right?
8: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like there's a lot, uh, there's a lot going on in the, with it kind of being the a reopening of the Pepsi North American Cup, like last year, was was a good step in the right direction, kind of getting back to where we where we want to be, and then this year, obviously, we're looking to take a step forward with the offering that we have. And so, I mean, everyone coming into the gate gets a, a free cowboy hat, which is which is very cool. And then uh, gates open at four o'clock. There's a Connor Gaines concert from that starts at four thirty, and then, like you mentioned, with the ten dollar admissions. Um, Ticket to get in, you get a ten dollar betting card and and we'll have lots of support there for anybody that's new uh, to using a betting card. So I mean there'll be you get ten dollars for free to to bet on the card and hopefully you can walk away with a little bit more.
1: You know it's interesting the the race itself, obviously, it's huge and it draws so many fans and betters and and supporters. But there is the lifestyle that you've created around it, all of the things that you've got going on. Why is that necessary when the race itself is such a big draw?
8: well i think it's important to to create an event and i think that's what it's become like obviously the race itself is is what everyone comes out for and obviously for racing fans it's it's circled on the calendar every year for for just for what the race has become and for what it is i would argue it's the leading three year old colt pace uh, race on the calendar every year obviously going for a million dollars but it's it's the event around it for for all the newbies and and mm-hmm. kind of the the casual fans they want they want uh something else to enjoy with it Uh, because I mean it's a it's a it's a big event it's a it's a longer event obviously it's over multiple hours with the with the length of the card so I mean they want something else to enjoy while they're there and obviously there's there's lots to enjoy and everything that's going on there so I mean I think it's it's more of an event than it is just a race I mean and then and obviously the events team at uh, Woodbine has done a great job with that and over the years everyone that's worked on it has done a spectacular job uh, with with building into the event that it is.
4: And let's talk about wagering because that uh, you know that's what makes that's what drives the business. You could say you got Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park. You're both in your your summer racing seasons now. Uh, have you noticed that there's been a spike in in wagering, especially maybe on on the Woodbine side with the opening of the turf courses?
8: Yeah, definitely. For, for on the woodbine side, for the turf courses, we obviously see a spike with just uh, with the way the turf courses play, and it's very popular, and they get full fields. So, I mean, people have been very happy since both the inner turf and the EP Taylor course have opened. So, I mean, that's definitely we've seen a spike in handles since that, and then the the standbreds have been performing very well since the beginning of the year and even before that. So, I mean, like the everything's trending in the right direction, and we certainly expect the the pools will be will be very very. Uh, uh, attractive Saturday night and obviously with the offering that we have it's is, is going to be is, people are definitely going to be uh, playing lots.
1: It makes a difference that you've got some pretty robust handles I would think.
8: Yeah and that's what people are looking for like they're looking for big pools to play into and then we have the highest uh, daily pool that you can play into in, in harness racing with the with our early pick five guarantee 100,000 so I mean like that's people know where where to come for the big pools and then even just on big nights like the Pepsi North American Cup they they certainly, they certainly know where to come for, for big pay, payouts, hopefully.
4: Well, let's, let's talk about woodbine now uh, for a minute, Tony. Uh, I know you're doing something different for Canada Day weekend, right, that there's uh, basically a racing festival. Talk about that.
8: Yeah, so uh, we have basically five or six big days on the woodbine thoroughbred schedule. So, I mean, this was one that has always been a, a really big betting day. And so we were looking at a way that we could kind of uh, – put a put a name to it so we just decided to call it the canada day racing festival and it has five great stakes that day so it's going to be a, a spectacular day of racing on uh, canada day, july 1st which is a saturday we have the nassau stakes on the turf course and obviously the highlander stakes on the turf course as well those are both Grade twos and then on the tapita we have the dominion day the Celine stakes and the marine stakes all Grade threes so i mean it says as, as good as it's going to get for uh, for a kind of a stakes offering in a, a wagering cart so it's uh, we're just kind of working on uh, working on that day, and uh, you'll be seeing lots of more of that in the next uh, few weeks here.
1: Wow, it makes my head spin! It's so exciting. <laughs> so five graded stakes races that day. It's called Woodbine's Canada Day Racing Festival. Is this a first? This particular style of of Canada Day racing?
8: It's always been a big wagering day, uh, but I'm trying to remember. But I think like we used to kind of depending the Saturday always used to be loaded. Uh, with kind of stakes but not to this extent it's kind of it depended on how it shook out in the calendar like the saturday would always be pretty um pretty uh well scheduled for stakes uh but then if if uh, canada day fell on a sunday or friday we'd kind of adjust how the the stakes would fall on that because obviously the, the Dominion day stakes would would fall on canada day uh but this is the kind of the way they set it up this year is uh having it all on the saturday july 1st so it's it's kind of uh Instead of having it spread out over a couple of days, it's just one big day, which is, like you said, it's five grade stakes. It's pretty rare to have that in a day, and, and so we're we're very excited to offer that.
4: And then on August twentieth, you've got the King's Plate, right? So talk about that. How's the preparations going for that?
8: Great, yeah, it's going very well, and the tickets are on sale. So if anybody's interested in that, they can they can head over to our website for more details on the King's Plate and. And uh, it should be a fantastic event. It always is. And, and we're, we're certainly starting to ramp up. We're just getting through the Pepsi North American Cup, and then it'll be full steam ahead for the, the Kings play in August, like you mentioned.
1: And, you know, I'm, I ask this almost every week of, of Woodbine guests when they join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Is there in your heart of hearts a chance that King Charles might actually make it to the race on August the 20th?
8: I don't know. I, I think I, I think it'd be pretty exciting if, yep. if uh, King Charles came. Obviously, I think there'd be lots of people that'd be excited to see that. But uh, I think that's uh, well above my, uh, <laughs> my my position. Who's, who's going to work on that? So I haven't, I haven't heard anything, and I certainly won't be able to leak it anyway. So, but <laughs> exactly. uh, it would certainly be exciting if we could get him.
4: Well, we'll give you an easier question now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about you personally. You were previously at Western Fair and Clinton. You were on the show a few times when you were uh, at both of those places. Uh, you moved to Woodbine Entertainment. Was there a large learning curve for you when you moved there earlier this year?
8: Uh, I think on the, the thoroughbred side, there definitely was. Like yeah. I think it's, and I've actually, I really like the thoroughbred, the racing now. And obviously standard very close to my heart. So it's. I spend a lot of time at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, but I find that I spend an equal amount of time at, uh, at Woodbine as well, just watching the thoroughbred racing because it's it's been a big learning curve and there's a lot. I would say there's a lot more to it than the, the standard sign. It's a it's a lot bigger uh, uh, racing industry too. So it just it's it's been a, it's been a lot to to learn, but I think I've I've picked it up fairly quickly and I'm excited to work on all the things that's happening at Woodbine because it's kind of in the winter. There's there's uh, it's fairly quiet. Like you're kind of like planning some of the big days and different things like that but until you kind of get in the heat of the season you don't really know how like kind of uh the intensity of the racing and everything like that so i think it's uh i think it's 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 going to be really exciting we're just kind of getting a taste of it now and then on the, obviously on the sandbrook side where we're seeing the kind of the peak of the season and then once you get into august and september it's basically just a month and a half straight of grand circuit racing
1: So I now understand why your heart is with Standardbred racing and and now your job entails thoroughbred racing as well. So what is it about thoroughbred racing that has now captivated you?
8: Well, I think it's just like the kind of the variety of racing. Like obviously, like at Woodbine, there's three different surfaces and different distances. Like that's something that uh, um, was new. Like obviously, this on the standard side, like there's different size tracks, obviously, half mile, five eighths and seven eighths at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park. Um, but it's all always a mile. It's always a mile racing. But then on the red side, there's, there's different distances. It could be six furlongs, it could be a mile. It could be a mile and a 16th. There's a bunch of different options and a different turf course. And something that I really found exciting and, and lots of people do obviously is when they're racing on the EP Taylor, how close they are and just the sound that they make. Like when there's, there's 10, 10 horses running down, obviously the longest stretch in North America. Um, it's It's thr- thrilling to kind of be a part of it, and the fans get really into it, and it's really intense and and obviously just the sound and the kind of the how powerful the animals are when they're kind of run run in front of you at sixty kilometers an hour. It's, you just you can't uh, you can't put that in a bottle that feeling that you mm-hmm. get when you mm-hmm. see that see it up close and personal.
1: Wow, you described that so well. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Anyways, Tony, we'd like to just thank you for coming on. Good luck tonight at North America Cup. Grab yourself a cowboy hat, eh?
8: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll be putting on my cowboy hat and then looking at the, looking at the high five mandatory payout that we have in race thirteen as well. So I mean, uh, it's it's gonna be a great card, and obviously there's a huge wagering offering, and like I said, it's it's one of the most competitive Pepsi North American Cups you have ever had. So it's a, it's a can't miss race and a can't miss event.
1: We can feel your excitement. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Elliott.
8: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: After the break, when we come back, Woodbine superstar track announcer Robert Geller joins us on Ponies 24-7, The Radio Magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, The Radio Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com.
4: Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20pm. The Meadowlands Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands pace on July 15th. And on Saturday, August 5th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and lead on all of the big games exciting harness racing through your HPI bid account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands racing experience.
2: Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HBIBet.com to join for free today.
0: This is 1059, the region ponies 24 7 the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing over to your hosts ann romer and larry simpson
1: welcome back to ponies 24 7 the radio magazine friend of the show woodbine track announcer robert geller joins us today as woodbine approaches the heart of its summer racing season Robert is one of the best announcers in the business. He's also a pretty good handicapper. You may recall when he was on the show recently, he predicted pretty great things for Mage in the Kentucky Derby. Larry and I are both ashamed that we didn't really listen to you. Robert, welcome to the show. We're all ears now.
9: <laughs> oh, thank you, Anne. Well, it was such a delight to see uh, one of my uh, horses do well like that. I was uh, had a, a very strong feeling on Mage, and funnily enough, watching the race, I kind of forgot about it about him, and suddenly there he was, and I was so delighted.
4: Yeah. Well, I I remember when you were on, and you said you liked the horse. What was it that you really liked about Mage?
9: Well, there were two things. One was the fact that Mage had run an incredible race to Forte, who was the favorite, and then, of course, a late scratch from the Kentucky Derby but was actually making this incredible move from last to the lead and then got caught by Forte, was lightly raced, and I thought, well, if this horse is ridden to time that run differently, it would be hard to beat. And the other side of it was the breeding. The bloodline was so solid. By good magic, we're looking there at a horse that uh, produced um, second-place finish to justify in the Kentucky Derby, who was a Triple Crown winner, and then on the bloodline on the dam side, a big brown bloodline, and there was another uh, Kentucky Derby Hint. So to me, it was a very, um, very well-targeted campaign. But, you know, a great ride by Javier Castellano, and he's one of my favorite riders. He's such a classy gentleman. I was delighted to see him win the Belmont as well, and uh, there was a lot of great results in this year's Triple Crown.
1: And, you know, Larry and I were just talking about that off-air, uh, that, that it shows the, the power and the prowess of a, of a great jockey being able to win two of three of the Triple Crown races, but on different horses.
9: It really was, and each race is so stylized, so different, and being a mile-and-a-half, Um, I was very impressed with his ride on Archangelo, and I did think that uh, it was a great result uh, for the industry. Jenna Antonucci was the first female trainer to win the Belmont Stakes. A triple crown result for a female trainer was great. It had happened for jockeys before, and I really think that even in the Preakness, it's a very specialized race. And Mage did not disappoint me in finishing third because the pace of that race uh, was extremely slow. And I think that it was great to see another veteran rider in John Velasquez winning national treasure. But I did think that each of those Triple Crown races were very enthralling this year. I found them intriguing.
4: Well, let's talk a little bit now, talk about intriguing. Uh, the turf courses at uh, at Woodbine, we, we've, we're fully into the turf schedule, you could say. Have you noticed any any track biases uh, on the turf courses?
9: Yes, I have. In fact, we could go back to a week ago on the Sunday when we did have a speed bias. Horses on the lead on the EP Taylor turf, the outer turf, were almost unstoppable. I think nearly every single race was won by a horse that had the lead. Uh, a horse, you know, like There's No Joe got in front at a good price. for the barn of Katerina Vasilieva was never headed. Challenges were coming, but they just couldn't make up the ground. And part of that was maybe there had been a little bit of a you know, rain and dampening of the track to help, but it was also the fact the rail was out to lane five that particular day, and it makes it harder for horses who are drawn out wide to make ground. There have been some uh, horses on the uh, inner turf who've come from the back, and horses winning on the lead, but Uh, that still tends to be at the moment favoring horses closer to the pace.
1: So that was last weekend. Let's talk about this weekend, Saturday, today. And what are you seeing and what are you excited for and about when it comes to today's card?
9: Well, I think it's interesting when we look at today's program. This Saturday has a great mile and 16 turf race, and that will be uh, on the EP. And I do think that uh, one of the stars of the season has been uh, horses shipping in. Uh, We've had a lot of horses that come across with winter conditioning, and we've got a Mark Cassie runner in the Team silks, which is a very successful operation across the United States, with a horse called Taurus, and I think that'll be interesting to watch. Perhaps tonight was in the Marty Drexler barn previously and was a very high claim for William Theranos and uh, there was a horse that came across and won. Those two horses, to me, have a ton of class, and I think that I'll take a shot on Mark Cassie's horse, which is Turris, uh, winter condition in the sense of had right Gulfstream Park, and was a recent winner, and that was on the turf. You know, there's been a number of successes for Mark Cassie straight away, and we always know our leading trainer does well, but surprisingly, his first start off the layoff with horses like Star Candy, Super hoity toity, Ticketape tape home, they're all for Live Oak Plantation, a very big operation, have all won. So, watching Mark Cassie in action with his horses first up are interesting. And in race eight today, I think Scottish Symphony is an interesting one as well, because that's a Mark Cassie runner. And Mark Cassie's got a very solid owner in Tracy Farmer. And in race eight today, we're going to be looking at Scottish Symphony coming to this race as, I think, a four to one chance and Again, coming in winter-conditioned first up. So they're horses to watch in a very good uh, program of what will be uh, a nice mix on turf and on the main track of 10 races.
4: I was just uh, putting those into my (laughs) HPI account here, so
9: yeah
4: <laughs> I'm gonna kill the price on you <laughs>
9: <laughs> thank you, <laughs> you
1: no. know, it's, it's so interesting Robert when I hear you talk about every aspect of of horse racing you're so you're, it's you're glued to it so as a track announcer and I think one of the best in the biz we we both do Larry and I both think that about you. Thank you where do where do you so that's it you're in the booth you're calling the race and doing an incredible job but the rest of your time it seems to me that you are every Everywhere you're, you're on the backstretch. You're, you're, you know, in the stables. You're in wherever. You're watching and you're observing. Is that the case?
9: Uh, I think as as time goes on, I get exposed to even more and more of the industry because it's such a m- massive industry in many ways. It brings together marketing of the product. It brings together the backstretch lifestyle and trainers. And even today, um, you know, I still feel like I haven't outreached enough. I mean, just the other day I met Michael Wright for the first time, and I know he's been a trainer who was one of the most established trainers in Woodbine history, and we never really got a chance to talk. Sometimes I I haven't met people I probably should have. So I'm always absorbing a lot more of the history of the of the incredible story that Woodbine is. But, yeah, I feel like it is something that, you know, you always turned your attention to different aspects. I'm always handicapping, I'm always looking at the form, looking at replays, But most of the time, the irony about race calling is when it comes to the moment, all of that backstory goes out the window. And you have to be able to almost let everything go and be completely neutral and impartial to allow what comes in to be present. So I like that mix of the study and of the sort of, in some ways, releasing of it.
4: Are you excited now for the uh, King's Plate? We're, We're into that season, you could say. The, uh, the so-called prep races have started. Um, uh, you know, we talked on the show last week about, uh, Chad Brown's horse Kalik and how Chad Brown is pointing that horse to, uh, uh, to the uh, King's plate. And then there was the horse, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, the one that won the <laughs> Queenston Stakes last week, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, in, it means uh, "wonderlust" or something, correct? In, in, yeah,
1: in the in Finnish. <laughs> yeah, in Finnish. Well, yes.
4: Yeah, So uh, I, I don't know how you pronounce it I'll during the he race. i bet you can do it, though. I, I, I bet you you can do it. Eh?
9: <laughs> well, well, what scares me about this king's plate is that there's Kaiko Kaipu, who's oh, the, the name it. of the Finnish horse that means wanderlust, oh, yeah. for a barn that uh, is Tedson and he's so uh, delighted with the way this horse blossomed in terms of development in florida he took the horse down to florida in the winter and did really well in terms of conditioning and the results are clear because here's a horse that ran so many seconds finally got that massive maiden special weight win and then got confidence to win a stakes race but what would be scary is if i'm not sure how it's officially said the Todd Pletcher runner, Ekivoki or Ekivokei, and Kaiko Kaipu battled out the king's plate. That would just be t- such a tongue twister. But <laughs> we're well, looking at a good magic bloodline, which is the same as Mage, the mm-hmm. Giants Causeway Dam, for that Todd Pletcher runner, who I think is definitely likely to come. And then you've got really interesting horses that are on the list, like Twin City, who is a King Corey Stakes winner. Uh, you've got Simcoe, who's a two-time winner suddenly. You've got a Philly in Ticker Tape Home who impressed Wickenheiser who ran a deceptively good race as a Philly against the older mares. And I do think that there'll be horses to continue to surprise us because Velocitor will be back, the winner of the Coronation Faturity. And there's just horses on the list who are still untapped in their potential. But all to say it is a bit over two months away and a lot changes. But that and the Woodbine Oaks coming up in July, I think it's uh, you know, really gonna be an intriguing uh, turn of events to see who who comes into the finals uh, nominations and who makes it to the entries for this big race.
4: But I think the thing of interest, Robert, is the fact that because Woodbine has the tapita surface, it's opening the doors now to more horses to to come and race in the Oaks and the Plate. Right? Because uh, Chad yeah. Brown Chad Brown's horse is uh, one on the turf. And because, because of the tapita surface, that's that's an option for Chad to bring this horse and race it up here for the, the, the king's plate, right? Where back in the day, you wouldn't have had that. So it's kind of you know promoted the king's plate and the oaks in a different matter now, hasn't it?
9: It really has, and absolutely, because Calique's form is all on turf, really, and yeah. has been extremely strong. And I love that possibility because the transition to what is an easier surface to go from turf to tapita than turf to dirt. And I think it's really interesting to see how the industry generally has switched its focus back to tapita. We've had tracks now installing tapita like Gulfstream Park. Uh, the Turfway Park form has been very successful in producing uh, Kentucky Derby horses as well. The reality is that Queen's Plate, King's Plate now, I love this ability to attract horses from all surfaces. And I do think that if it's really that type of um, optics now that people want to be sure that we have a kind of surface to horses such as to Peter, I honestly believe that Woodbine should start pitching for the Breeders' Cup again because we have the best, really the best European-style turf track in North America. And if uh, there is that resistance that's starting to diminish towards Topeda that was there on the West Coast from, say, California, this could be an opportune time to sort of put that case forward, because we would love to see uh, that. And personally, I think that we do really have great turf racing here as well. So, uh, no, I, I take your point, absolutely, Larry, and I think that we are sitting in a very good position to attract good horses.
1: Robert Geller, your last question, and it may be the toughest. What is and who is the greatest horse that you've ever seen race?
9: Wow, that is so interesting because I have, honestly, <laughs> that has got me. Um, and I think the greatest horse, um, you know, childhood memories sometimes overinflate ideas of horses, but there was a horse called Tobin Bronze who actually ended up in the United States. But when I was a child, I really loved that horse. He won a number of stakes races in Australia, including what was the Caulfield Cup. Um, he won the W.S. Cox Plate. He was a horse that I believe had a presence. And when there was a moment when it, he came back to the to the uh, crowd after winning what was uh, the Caulfield Cup in a thrilling finish, the entire stand was just in absolute awe of that moment. And it probably was one of the reasons what got me into horse racing so strongly because that moment meant so much to me. So emotionally, I would say Tobin Bronze.
4: Well, Robert, thanks for doing this. You're an expert in handicapping, announcing. uh, Everything. You're you're my idol. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) we mustn't have idols.
1: (laughs) But I
9: appreciate it.
1: (laughs) You're wonderful. Robert Geller, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
9: Thank you, Anne. I appreciate it, too.
1: After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocketship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. The
7: Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision.
6: Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry. And they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment. Or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Before we wrap up this edition, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ready, set, go.
4: Ready, set, Go. Go. Woodbine has a 10 race card today, and race 8 is 6.5 furlongs, an optional claimer for Phillies and Mares, three year olds and up for a purse of $111,000. A field of nine have been entered, including number 8, Collect Dat, who should appreciate the 6.5 furlongs today after breaking slow in her season opener on May the 13th, and that was at 5.5 furlongs. Friend of the show trainer Kevin Attard has worked Collect Dat twice at 5 furlongs since that last race. And a note of interest is last year, Collect That debuted at five and a half furlongs and finished fourth. Then in her second start, Collect That stretched out to six furlongs and was a closing winner. She has some extra ground to work with today, and I think she should get the job done. So, Woodbine Race 8, number eight, Collect That. Santa Anita has a 12 race card today as they get close to the end of their winter spring meet. And Race 5 is an optional $50,000 claimer. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt, a purse of $36,000. Eight horses have been entered, including number four, Booksmart, who moves up in class after being claimed for $32,000 on May 13th, where Booksmart was a beaten favorite and finished second. Booksmart was actually claimed out of that race by trainer Tim Yakteen, who actually doesn't claim that often, but when he does, he hits at a win percentage of 22% and a return uh, return, uh, investment of $3.71, which is high. Since that last race, Booksmart has worked twice with two back-to-back four-furlong workouts and should be able to control the pace today at the six-and-a-half-furlong distance. So Santa Anita, race five, number four, Booksmart. Well, the Meadowlands has another 13-race card tonight, and race five is a one-mile trot for a purse of $9,000. There's nine tr- uh, trotters entered, including number three, Champagne Hanover, who was a pony's pick uh, last uh, start and finished third as a beaten favourite. Finally tonight, Champagne Hanover gets some post-position relief, leaving, or actually he had the two, and, uh, he had two six-posts and one eight since returning from a two-month layoff. There is also a small class drop tonight for Champagne Hanover, and I like the fact that driver Corey Callahan drives for the second time tonight. So you got second time driver, beaten favorite, better post, and a class drop. The Meadowlands Race 5, number 3, Champagne Hanover. And finally, well, as we've been discussing all show, Woodbine Mohawk Park is the place to be tonight with a 13 race card highlighted by the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup, which is the 40th edition. It goes as race 11. Ten horses uh, and one also eligible have made it to the final and actually you can pretty much make a case for every one of the starters. Number two though, It's My Show's performance in last week's North America Cup elimination was ultra impressive, especially when you consider that It's My Show left from the difficult number one post position. However, despite the post, driver Scott Zeron was able to get It's My Show right to the uh, point and basically took no prisoners. And go wire to wire and win by a healthy two and a quarter lengths in one forty eight flat, which was I should say the fastest elimination of the night. It's my show should be able to get some early position tonight and keep his winning streak going tonight as it's my show is five for five going into tonight's race. Would by Mohawk Park, race eleven, the one million dollar Pepsi North America Cup. Number two, it's my show.
1: Thank you, Larry. As always, a pleasure. I look forward to being with you next Saturday. And how about a big shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. And goodbye and thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page lymphoma.ca slash ponies and please donate to the cause. Stay with us here on 105.9 The Region all weekend long and thank you for listening.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.